Well, go ahead and take a seat. Thank you, worship team. Good morning, everyone. My name is Jason. I'm one of the pastors here at Alpine Church. Uh, This is my home campus, so I I do know most of you. It's always uh, fun for me to to come here and teach. I just came from from Layton campus. I taught there this morning, and their projectors were out. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you for being sympathetic to that. Uh, it, was, it was really okay for me. It was harder for the congregation. I invited everybody just to turn around and face the back wall so they didn't have to look at me while I preached. Nobody did it. I think it would have been amazing if we had done that. But uh, I, I'm excited to be here today. It's, it's week seven of our series called The Pursuit. And if you've been at Alpine for any length of time, I'm, I'm sure this, you've heard this is kind of our mantra, right? The pursuit, I'm sure you've heard this said. We push this in our small groups and mentoring relationships. And, and so we believe that of all the things we pursue in life, because we pursue a lot of different things, we believe that God is the most important thing that we can pursue. We believe that should be our priority. And so we've made this, <clears throat> this 12-week series that we go through to show and teach what that looks like to actually pursue God in our life. And so uh, if we look back at at where we've been so far, the first three messages in this series really kind of uh, laid the foundation for what that pursuit looks like. We weren't actually starting the pursuit yet. It was just kind of laying the groundwork for what that looks like. And so we talked about in week one, we talked about how God is pursuing us. Before we even thought about being in relationship with God, he was pursuing us. And then the second week, we, we, we talked about the Bible, and we talked about the accuracy of the Bible and how we can trust in the Bible for, for our, our, our information on, on God and, and how we live our, our lives. The Bible is accurate and speaks truth into our lives even thousands of years after it was written. And then in week three, we talked about how every human being is made in the image of God. Every single human being is made in the image of God and therefore has worth and, and, and dignity. Right, And then that, that kind of led us to where we actually start the pursuit, where we come into uh, this, this, what we call a, fur, a full circle pursuit of God, where we looked at the, the, the first three messages in the series, uh, or actually the fourth, fifth, and sixth messages, were about how we start by trusting Jesus. We start this pursuit by trusting in Jesus and who he said he was and, 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 and that he did what he said he came to do. And this is where we really identified the core problem for human beings which is sin, right? And sin is just this really churchy word, but sin breaks our relationship with God. It's, it's, it's a simple word, but it has profound consequences, right? And sin just means when we go our own way instead of God's way. We know what God would want us to do, but we say, you know what, I'm gonna do it my way instead, and we do our own thing, and that, that's really what sin is. So that was week four, and then in week five, we looked at what Jesus did about our sin, Right, because if you, if you don't know what Jesus did, he left his throne in heaven. He came down here to be born in, in, in humble surroundings. He lives this perfect, sinless life, 33 years sinless, and then he dies a sinner's death on the cross. He dies a sinner's death for you and me. Even though he's sinless, he goes to the cross and pays the price that we owed. He took on the penalty that we deserved. And then three days after he was crucified, he rose from the dead. And so he, de- he defeated sin and he, he gave us the ability to start this new life with him at the center. And that's what we talked about last week is, is what happens when we actually do that, when we turn our life, when we trust our life to Jesus and we respond to him by trusting in, in what he did. We, we entrust our lives and our eternity to what he did on the cross. And so in order to do that, that's why we say we start by trusting Jesus because we have to know who he is and what he came to do. 
And now we're really at this important turning point in the pursuit because we're ready to move on to that second part of the circle, the, the next arrow. And so the next three weeks, we're going to be focusing on what it looks like to live a life that honors God and how we, how, how, how we do that, what that actually looks like. So it's when we have that defining moment when we, when we start to trust in Jesus and what he did, that's more than just the end of your old life. Okay, that, that's, that's the beginning of a brand new life with Christ at the center of that. And so we have a, a, just kind of a core verse for this part of the series. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. So for the next three weeks, we're, we're going to talk about what that, what that looks like. This will really be kind of a, an, an, an introduction to how we live our lives as Jesus followers. See, God knows that we are physical creatures. Okay? He, he literally created us that way to be physical creatures. And so there's this spiritual side of things that's not always readily visible. Okay, it's not always right there in, in front of us. And so what God has done is he's given us this, this tangible way to symbolize what that new beginning looks like. And that's the role of baptism. That's what baptism does for us in our life. And there's a lot of different religious groups who practice baptism in multiple different ways. Okay, but they don't all mean the same thing. They don't all mean the, the, the same thing. And so I'm going to explain baptism from a biblical perspective. I'm going to talk about uh, how we practice it and how we understand it here at Alpine Church. And my purpose today is not just to explain baptism, but encourage you to take that step. Okay, if, if you are a Christian and you've not been baptized as a Christian, that should be a priority. And I hope that's what we'll see today. And I think uh, the first and, 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 and most important thing as we get into this is we need to understand that baptism doesn't save you. Okay, baptism does not save you. It's very important, but it's not required ultimately for your salvation. And that's just not something that we believe here at Alpine. That's just not something that, that we, we believe that the Bible speaks to this very clearly when we look at the story of the thief on the cross. Okay, when we look at that story, we see that this man was clearly a criminal. He owns up to that on the cross, but he's up there and he has this change of heart. Okay, we don't know why. We don't know if it was something that Jesus had said, if it was just the way that, that Jesus had interacted throughout that situation. But what we know is that the Holy Spirit convicted this man that Jesus was who he said he was. And so the thief is, he's hanging there on the cross and he calls out to Jesus and he says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, no, you haven't been baptized. You can't come. That's not what he said. That's not what he said. Right? He says, today you will join me in paradise. Okay? It was no, no shirt, no, no shoes, no service, no baptism, no problem. Okay? That was, your baptism has nothing to do with your salvation. Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. See, baptism does not contribute anything to salvation. And we learned that last week when we talked about it. it's Jesus plus nothing. It's not Jesus plus baptism. Okay, that's why we have the shirts that say Jesus plus nothing. That's why we have billboards. If you've seen the Alpine billboards, say Jesus plus nothing. It's not Jesus plus anything. It's Jesus plus nothing. Okay, the, the, the only way to, the, the basis for a relationship with God and for the forgiveness of our sins is trusting in Jesus and his finished work on the cross. That's it. See, baptism is important, as, as we're going to see, but not because it's on the list of things that you need to do to be forgiven of your sins, but because it's on the list of things you do because you've been forgiven of your sins. That's why baptism is important. We saw this verse last week, but I, I think it's, it's worth repeating. Romans 
It says we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. See, it doesn't say we're made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ and getting baptized. It's just placing our faith in Jesus Christ, period. And this is true for everyone who believes, not who believes and is baptized, who believes no matter who we are. So it's not like you get, you get baptized and at that moment all of your past sins are washed clean and then from that moment forward it's up to you to live a perfect sinless life that honors God. Okay, that's, not, that, that's not what it's taught. When you, when all of your sins are, are washed clean and removed when you trust in Jesus alone. That's it. When you put your faith and trust in what Jesus did on the cross to pay for your sins, at that moment, his sacrifice removes all of your sins, past, present, and future. It's our trust and our faith in Jesus and what he did. That's why there's nothing else that you and I can add. There's nothing else that we can do to, to make our salvation better or to count more. And so naturally, the, the next logical question is, if, if baptism doesn't contribute anything to our salvation, then, then why do we do it? If it doesn't count for anything, then, then why do we do it? I think the first and most basic reason is that Jesus said to do it. Jesus said to do it, and that, for me, that, that's enough. I want to live to honor Jesus, and I want to do what he said to do, and Jesus said to get baptized. And so if you've ever wondered who came up with this idea of baptism, it was Jesus. And Christians have been doing it from day one. In the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 19, Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So what this says is if, if you're going to be a disciple, if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, part of that is getting baptized. Part of that walk is getting baptized. If, if we as a church are going to make disciples, part of that is going to be baptizing people. Okay, we're going we're gonna to get more into that, but just realize, understand that in Jesus' mind, baptism is just a given. It's just a given. That's just the next step. In almost every story in the Bible, when we read about somebody coming to faith, they immediately get baptized. That's just, that was the normative back then. That's just what they did. You come to faith, you get baptized. Now, because Jesus commanded baptism, it, it, it follows that this is also an early act of obedience. Okay, getting baptized is this, this easy, early way that we start to, when we start to live a life that honors God, if you talk to anybody who's been Christian for even a short amount of time, I promise you, you'll find out that living a life that honors God is not easy. It is not easy to live a life that honors God every day, to make decisions that honor God, to treat people like God would want you to treat them. It is not an easy way to live. It goes completely against our, our old nature. Right? Our old sin nature was filled and overcome with sin. And we still battle that every single day. Even when you've given your life to Christ, it's not, sin doesn't just disappear. Okay, we still battle that every single day. It goes against the flow of, of the world's values and the world's practices. So you're going to be challenged. As you try to walk that walk, you are going to be challenged. And, and next week we're going to see all the, the resources that, that God has given us to succeed. But baptism is something that you can do in your Christian journey that, that gives honor to God, that expresses obedience to Jesus. It's, it's a very simple and practical way to, just to, to set the tone of your life. So by starting with baptism, when we, do, when we do that, when we get baptized, we show that we want to be obedient to Jesus. We show that we, we really do want to honor God with our life and that we understand that our life is no longer just about us. Our life, our new life is now about God. It's not just about us. So baptism is, is really one of the easiest things that we can do to honor God 
in our life. And so it's, it's just a, it's a great place to start, and then you, you grow from there. Now, again, this isn't just something that we teach here at Alpine. It's not something that we come out of nowhere. I'm going to give you guys an example from the Bible. In Acts chapter 8, it tells the story of Philip and the Ethiopian official. Right, and the Ethiopian official, he had just he came to Jerusalem. He's on this spiritual pilgrimage. He's uh, done what he's come for, and he's on his way back home, and he runs into Philip. Right, and it says that Philip climbs up in his chariot, and he begins to explain the passage that the, the, the eunuch, this is the story about the eunuch, he, Philip begins to explain the passage that the eunuch is reading. Now let me just preface this and say this is not how we do ministry. I don't encourage you to just hop in somebody's car and say, do you have time to hear about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Yeah, that's, I don't encourage that from the stage, okay? But it works out for Philip. And so right there on the spot, he's explaining to him what this passage is about that he's reading, and he leads him to Jesus. He leads him to put his faith in Jesus right there on the spot. So it pays off for Peter. And then just a few minutes later, it, well, a few minutes later in the story, right, in Acts chapter 8, verse 36, it says this. It says, as they rode along, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? I love what happens here. See, Philip must have already explained the importance of of baptism because as soon as the Ethiopian sees the water, he's like, let's stop and do it. Let's stop and do it. Like, that was just the next step. Let's stop and and get baptized. And so I love this because it it, it speaks to the person who who says, I'm I'm not ready yet. I'm I'm not ready yet. I don't have my act together as a Christian yet. Maybe when I've grown more in my faith, then, then I'll get, then I'll get baptized. What we see here is that you don't, you don't have to be worthy to be baptized. Okay, it's not like you reach a, a certain point in your Christian journey and then you're, and then you're ready to be baptized. No, you just, you just have to put your faith in Christ. That's it. That's the, that's the only requirement. You just have to be a follower of Jesus. And Acts 8 reminds us of that, that there's no reason to delay. Right, the very first opportunity this guy gets, the eunuch, he comes to Christ, and the next opportunity, he, he sees the water, he's like, let's go. Let's get baptized. Let's, let's do this. Now, we have to understand that, that baptism is, is not about obedience to a pastor or to a church. Okay, that, that's not what baptism is about. It's about being obedient to Jesus himself. And so for me, I, I, I struggle a little bit to understand the person who says they follow Jesus, but they, they won't get baptized. Because you are outright saying no to Jesus and what he said to do. And for me, I, I want to honor God. I want to honor Jesus and what he said to do. So the only thing I can think in my mind is that maybe you just really haven't grasped the, the meaning and the significance of baptism. And so let's focus on, on that a little bit. Let me give you two thoughts uh, about the meaning of baptism that will really show you more fully why we do it and, and more specifically why you should do it. See, baptism is an act of identification. When we get baptized, we are saying that we identify with, with something. And this, this really addresses a, a common misunderstanding about baptism. See, biblically, baptism was, was never about joining a particular church. It was, it was never about that. It's about identifying yourself with Jesus, showing the world that you have been joined to him. And as a result, you, you now belong to him and his people. See, and that's very different from, from identifying with a denomination or with a church. Romans chapter 6 verse 3 says, Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? See, when Jesus died on the cross, you and I, we weren't there. Right? Most of us in this room weren't born yet. Come on. But 
even so, like we've, we've been united with Jesus in his death, and baptism is, is this powerful symbol of that union. Okay, that's why we practice baptism by immersion. When you go down under the water, it's a symbol of the death and burial of Jesus. That's why, we, that's why we do it that way. Just as Jesus died on the cross and was buried in the tomb, our old life dies with him. And baptism is this powerful visual of that. In other words, when you're baptized, it's this public way of saying, I now belong to him. I now belong to him. I am connected with him. In verse 3, it, it says, when we were joined with Christ, because when you're joined with Christ and I'm joined with Christ, we're joined together. We become one body in Christ as, as Christ is the head. So that means we're, we're joined to each other as well. And baptism is, is a way of declaring that, of making it visible. Football season's not that far away. Praise God. I'm a Raiders fan. Not so much praise God, maybe, but during that season, during football season, I put on my black and silver, which, if, let's just be honest, okay, that, they are the best colors in the NFL. I don't, that's just the way it is. Black and silver, uh, and, and it's whether I'm watching the game or whether I'm walking around in town, wearing that black and silver, people know that I am part of Raider Nation, right? That just, I, that symbolizes that. They just know that I'm part of that. And the same way baptism symbolizes I'm part of Jesus Nation, Right? It's JC for life when you get baptized. Like, I am part of Team Jesus, and that's what getting baptized declares. And listen, I know that some people are hesitant about being baptized because they think that they're making this, like, irrevocable decision to be part of a church. Okay? And it's like, well, what if I, what if I leave that church? What if I, that, that's not what it's, it, it's, it's about. It being, maybe you've been burned by a church before, right, and you don't want that to happen again. So I want to emphasize baptism is identifying with Jesus, not with a church, not with a specific denomination. When you're baptized at Alpine Church, you're not joining Alpine Church. Okay, it doesn't make you a member of Alpine Church. We actually don't even have formal membership here. So it's, it's so much bigger than that. You become connected, not, not to a particular church, but to all of God's people around the entire world. And for the last 2,000 years. You become part of that family. And that's why if you're baptized at Alpine Church, that baptism will be recognized and honored by any other Bible-believing church. Okay, and vice versa. Again, baptism, it doesn't, doesn't make you belong to Jesus. It shows that you already do belong to Jesus. You've already put your trust in him, and, and, to, and, and, and now you're part of his family. You belong to him because you trusted in what he did and his finished work on the cross. Now, one more important thing about the meaning of baptism and, and, and why we do it. See, baptism is really an outward symbol of an inward reality. Another way I like to say that it's, a, it's an outward expression of an inward change. God is doing something inside of us. We are changing from the inside out. God promises that he'll pull out our, our, our cheap and stony heart. And he will give us one that's moldable. So something's changing on the inside. There's nothing about this outward appearance. We're changing from the inside out. And we want to share that. We want to show the world that we have been changed. And so this really, it picks up on, on, on the last point. We looked at Romans 6, 3. So let's look at the very next verse, Romans 6, 4. It says, for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. See, you can't necessarily see what being united with Jesus looks like. You can't see the, the inner reality of, of being forgiven. And so baptism is really this, this outward, visible picture of what Jesus has done inside of us. 
Okay, now I, I mentioned the, the symbolism of going down under the water, picturing your old life dying with Jesus. Well, here in verse 4, we see what it looks like when you come out of the water, what that represents. Like, it's this powerful symbol of, of rising to a new life. A new life that's united with Jesus in his resurrection. Now, I think kind of a good illustration of this is, is baptism is a lot like a wedding ring. Okay, and, and my beautiful wife and I, we just celebrated 18 years of marriage in May. And I would like to say that I've worn my ring every single day faithfully since May 17th, 2004. But that would be a lie. I have one at the bottom of the Pacific Ocean. I have one at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. I have one that somehow caught perfectly on my dog's tooth and shattered. I don't know how that happens. Uh, and, and the dog's tooth is okay. My ring's not. The dog's tooth is okay. Uh, so now I have these, these cheap silicone. This is what uh, Lacey makes me wear now is these cheap silicone rings because I absolutely will lose another one. I can guarantee that because that's just what I do. But the, the ring is not what makes me married. Right? The ring is not what makes me married. It, it symbolizes this public confession of, the, of, of, of I'm taken, I'm spoken for, I'm in a committed relationship. Right? But the ring is not what makes me married. When I take it off, I'm still married. Right? In the same way, uh, getting baptized is not what makes you saved. It's not what makes you saved, but it's saying that we are in a committed relationship with Jesus. I belong to him. And I want to say that publicly. I want to confess that publicly. And so I get baptized. This is public statement that I'm spoken for. I belong to Jesus. Baptism shows the world that you are part of Jesus' family. Okay? It, it shows everybody the reality of your standing with God. So we look at, at this list and we see these, these five things, right? these five important parts about baptism. It doesn't save you. Jesus commanded us to do it. It's an early act of obedience. It's an easy, perfect way to show that we want to be obedient to what Jesus said. It's an act of identification. We identify with Jesus' family when we get baptized. And then it's this outward symbol of an inward reality, publicly confessing that our life is changed. Now, I said at the beginning that my goal would be to, to hopefully help you see that if you're a Christian, you should get baptized. So let me address Three maybe practical scenarios that maybe you're struggling with, maybe someone in your family is dealing with. Uh, the first one would be, what, what if I grew up in another religion? What if I grew up and was baptized in another religion? Should I get baptized again? If your baptism meant something different than what we described today, the answer would be yes. Okay, of course, that's once you put your faith and your trust in what Jesus did on the cross, then yes, you should get baptized again. The second scenario would be, what if you were baptized as an infant? Should you get baptized again as an adult? Now, I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer, really, for, for any of these, to be honest. That, that relationship, that's between you and God. But this is how we would generally speak into these situations. So if you were baptized as an infant, should you get baptized again? Uh, generally, at Alpine, we, we would encourage that. We would say yes, because as an infant, you, you really haven't experienced what baptism symbolizes. You haven't been forgiven of your sins. You haven't been united with Jesus and entered this new life. But now, you've, you've, you've trusted Jesus for yourself. You've experienced personally those, those inward changes, the inward realities that baptism represents. So I would say, yeah, it's appropriate to declare that by engaging in a baptism that you choose, not that was chosen for you. Now, both of those, those first two scenarios speak very clearly to me. Okay, I was baptized as an infant in the Catholic Church. My mom was born and raised in Boston. She was Catholic, so I got sprinkled as a baby. 
I grew up here in Utah, and so at the age of eight, uh, I belonged to a different religion, and age of eight was the age of accountability, and that was when you get baptized in that, so I was baptized there. And then roughly 10 to 12 years ago, I, I came to faith here at Alpine Church at the Layton campus, and I was baptized at the Layton campus. Okay, so and because I'd started a new relationship with God, I entered into uh, something that I'd never experienced before. I never understood Jesus in that way, and so I thought, I'm going to get baptized again. So I've been baptized three times, so I'm covered no matter what. <laughs> so both of those scenarios spoke very clearly to me, but the third one is, what, what if you've come to faith and you were baptized, but you don't feel like you really understood it back then? Or you kind of fell away from your faith for a while. Uh, you, you, you got sucked into a, another path, and now you're coming back to, to Jesus, and you want to reaffirm your faith and kind of start over again. The question is, should you get baptized again? Again, there's not a, a perfect right answer for this, but at Alpine, we, we, we would say no. At that point, you, sh- you should not get baptized again. The reason being is because that the baptism that you already had met all the cri- criteria. You'd put your faith and trust in Jesus, and you had decided to publicly confess that by, by getting baptized. So what we would say in that situation, we would encourage you just to look back on that baptism and just have a new, fresh outlook on it. Look back on that baptism and say, I've made that commitment. Listen, grace is new for every single one of us every day. We went to sleep last night as a sinner. We woke up as a sinner, but grace is new. That baptism doesn't change anything about that. So getting baptized again doesn't make you a Christian again. So just remember that first time you were baptized and, and reflect on that and own it in a fresh way. So if you have specific questions about any of those scenarios or just any, any other questions about baptism, please come up and talk to us after the service. Okay, we would love to talk to you about that. Now, I want to close with, with this. Just really three key questions for, for you to consider, especially if you have not yet been baptized. The first question would be, have you trusted in Jesus for your salvation? And if the answer is yes, then you are a candidate for baptism. The second question then is, are you willing to live a life that honors God, to forsake your old sinful ways, to turn your back on on sin, and start working towards honoring God in your life? If the answer to that is yes, then the next step, the next logical step is baptism. And so the third question would be, who needs to be involved in your baptism? Who do you need to talk to 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 help talk through that process, to help plan it, Right? Who's, who's going to baptize you? And of course, who are you going to invite to baptism? Because listen, baptism, especially here in, in Utah, baptism at a, at a Christian church is a phenomenal way to do ministry. It's a great way to evangelize and share our faith with people. And when you step into that water and they watch you get buried, like to them, they're thinking something different. But we get to explain why we do it and what it actually means. And so baptism is, is, is a great way for you to evangelize family members and friends and to let them just have a piece of what Jesus is doing in your life. So once you've entrusted your your life and your eternity to Jesus, you become a new person. You become a brand new person. You you begin this this new life with, with Jesus at the forefront. And baptism is a powerful symbol of what Jesus has done in you and for you. So if you haven't done it yet, Today is a phenomenal day to make the decision to step out and get baptized. Let's pray. Father God, I just I thank you so much for this, this gift of baptism. God, I, I thank you that I thank you that what you've done for us 
is what saves us, God, that it's not up to us. It's not about any choice we can make, God. It's not about any step that we have to take. Baptism isn't a box that we check off. It's us publicly confessing that we are team Jesus. God, that we belong to you. We are committed to you. We are part of your family. So God, I, I just I pray for anyone in here who, who has given their life over to you, God, but has not yet been baptized. I pray that you would convict them, God, that that's the next step to take. Your son has commanded it, God, to, to go and to be baptized. So God, I, I pray that we would understand where that decision comes from, God, that we would understand our salvation isn't based off of that, but that we want to be obedient to you, God. So thank you, God, for, for this amazing gift. God, thank you for who you are. God, thank you for everything you are doing in our life. God, I pray that we would be bold this week. I pray that we would make bold decisions for you, whether that is to make the decision to be baptized, God, or whether it's to just go out and, and share our faith, God, to tell somebody about what you have done for them, to tell somebody about how valuable they are and how loved they are. So again, God, we thank you. We praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen.